Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be used. Welcome to another episode of the Cobra Cast with the President VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty the Prez Logan, and I've got my co-host, Ricky Eddog VP Etridge. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Etog. Um, so I just got to get going, mate. I forgot to do my makeup. Um, I'll be. I didn't realize it was a video. I'll be back in a second. Yeah, well, uh, you need some. Uh, just, <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus> Christ! Nobody, <laughs> jeez, lucky you said that to me, not when we did this one. I tell you what. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so explain to the listeners and the viewers about that, mate, because I feel like it's a bit, bit, bit. Um, yeah. Well, obscure. the. the the two ladies that we're about to talk to are from the GB Swan, Susie and Charlie. They they jumped on the call, not quite realizing that we do take video, and so they weren't prepared and weren't weren't happy with their makeup <laughs> situations and whatnot. So there was a quick dash to you know fix their hair up and whatnot. So um, well, well, Charlie made a dash. I'm pretty sure Susie sat there and was like, "Well, yeah, my footy team's just one. I'm good." Yeah. So. Now we do have a great chat with the girls that, that play for the GB Swans. Um, I do want to um, thank uh, Ian, who's the coach of the GB Swans, for hooking this one up. He was actually meant to join us, but unfortunately, I'm not. I think a family emergency did occur um, the day of, so unfortunately he couldn't join us. But um, due to the fact that I'm uh, follow, do follow him on Instagram, and he does follow me on Instagram. Uh, he's going to be a happy man at the moment because the mighty Gunners won an FA Cup final the other week. Just I haven't had a chance to mention that, so I figure now is a better time than ever. But that's going to be celebrating it like me. I don't know um, what you're talking about. So. Yeah, he'll anyone understand, so it's all good, mate. All right, but fair Charlie enough. and Susie, mate, this, this was a good chat. This was um, this was fun. Yeah, mm. yeah, the two girls that play, you know, the GB Swans. It's the Great Britain representative side, so it's not just your little uh, club in in you know. Yeah, so it's a national Some team. It's so. a national team. So, so two English, we might mention the English women. So they play for the um, England Vixens as well, I'm pretty sure, is the English non-aside national team. So we get in, yeah, we delve into you know how they do selection for GB Swans, being the fact that it's a couple of countries that all come together, how they train, how they, how they train during lockdown, which um, a Strava group, which the head of AFL England actually end up leaving because the fact he just couldn't keep up with them. Yeah. Well, they'll, they'll put him to shame. So he thought, yeah. stuff this, I'll better jump ship. But maybe, yeah, maybe that Strava group is, maybe that Strava group is where this run to the G stem from. They, the girls were like, I don't want to run this far without any reward for it. <laughs> well, yeah. the reward is training for the International Cup, which they're hoping to get out for this uh, 
next year, which actually would have been going on. I'm pretty sure the final actually would have been this weekend. This coming weekend, I'm pretty sure the final would have been oh, okay. if they had gone ahead this year. But I'm fortunate. Yeah, well, 2021, we'll be there. The Cobra Calves will be there. Charlie and Susie will be there representing the GB Swans. Yeah. We'll, get so an interview, we'll get an interview with Charlie and Susie. So, we'll again, if, if any airfares, that, well, you know, I know once the life opens back up and you need a bit of promotion, hit us up, you know, pay for our trip up there. We're, Every like, we'll take a bloody hotel that's had people quarantine for the last twelve months in the, if it gets the free hotel. <laughs> I just don't want any of the Melbourne security guards there. That's all. Right. Let's just hope <laughs> we can leave our suburb before then, let alone our our state. But anyway, let's get into it, mate. <laughs> let's chat with uh, Susie and Charlie from the GB Swans, and we'll catch you on the next one. All right. Today we are joined by Charlie and Susie from the Great Britain Swans. Uh, thanks for joining us on your Saturday morning. Yeah, Saturday morning. Thanks for having us. <laughs> we, we, as we're calling this, we've literally just spoken to somebody in pretty much the exact same time zone. And you, you've already forgotten that it's Saturday morning across there. Man, I don't know what time zones, what anymore. I don't, you know, we're speaking to, we're speaking to people this morning, our morning, and it was their Friday night. And yeah, I don't, let's, like Very confused. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Saturday morning here. Yeah, it does. <laughs> sun, sun shining through there in uh, Susie's window. So it looks like a nice sunny morning over in England, which uh, has been, couldn't be any further from that in Australia today. Um, I wish. But thanks a lot for joining us and let's get stuck into it. So uh, I'll start with Susie and then Charlie, you can go after that but how did you come across Aussie rules over in England? Yeah great question um so I've, I've been to Australia a couple of times and I kind of loosely followed Aussie rules a bit um I played hockey uh, basically my whole life and I was looking to change sports completely like try something completely different um so I kind of thought oh I'll just see if like Aussie rules is a thing in in London I had no idea if it was or not so I, I googled it um came across the Giants the South East London Giants who I who I play for now um went along to a training session on a Tuesday night and just absolutely fell in love with the game and the sport and the people as well everyone was so like welcoming and friendly and um really gave me like a really nice intro to the to the game and now I'm yeah I'm absolutely hooked. <laughs> yeah very nice and just I will clarify something because we, we spoke to a lot of teams over in Canada and when you say you play hockey that's field hockey not, not the last <laughs> form of hockey so just for our yeah, um, that, it's field hockey. friends. <laughs> it's field hockey but the proper hockey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What about you, Charlie? How did you come across Aussie Rules? Yeah, so for me, um, I was at university and I did my international year in Australia at the University of Adelaide. So I joined the team in Adelaide. Um, this was back in 2014, I think. And uh, women's footy was just kind of becoming a thing over in Australia. So I trained over there with them and then came back over to the UK and uh, we had the set similar here where things were just starting up and uh, England was just starting up and we're putting in a team. So 
I kind of got involved from there and it it spiraled and grown ever since. Oh, very nice. And uh, who do you play for when you're not playing for the GB team? So um, I've played for a lot of teams, actually. Um, when I came back to the UK, I started up a women's team in Birmingham at Birmingham University. And then when I moved to London, I started playing for the Hawks. Um, so I've been with them for a couple of years now, um, as well as sort of England and GB. So that's, is that the Wimbledon Hawks? The Wimbledon Hawks, yes. Yeah. <coughs> yeah we spoke yeah. to them oh, a week ago, two weeks ago now, Rich. <laughs> oh, amazing. Who did you speak to? Uh, we spoke to, oh, shit. Um... <laughs> no, I'm putting you on the spot now. Whoever you spoke to, I'm sure they were lovely. <laughs> Was it? Oh, I, I think I'm getting my Wimbledon and um, uh, Manchester Mosquitoes people Mos- mixed up. Yeah. yeah. I think it was. Mozzie's a great team as well. We spoke uh, to a lot of Miles? teams. They're, sta- they're starting to blur into. Oh, Miles. Yeah. Miles That's and. Right. Look at you go. I was thinking Miles, but I'm like, oh, is, was Miles Wimbledon or was, was, was Miles the Mozzies? So Miles is also heavily involved in GB too. He's a really great player and, and England as well. I think he's um, captain. Yeah. Of England. Yeah. Just another shout out to the Cobra Cast on one fan, Jake Norris. He's the one that got us in contact with him. So, but um, anyway, so I'll ask you this, Charlie, because from my understanding, you may have had a big part to do with this. Um, when and how were the GB Swans founded and why did you choose the Swans? Yeah, so this was, again, back in about 2016. And um, we knew that there was a... a I see a big World Cup in um, 2017 and we basically really wanted to put a team in and we knew we had enough girls to do it at that point um, but it never really been done before and we had a men's team really strong men's team so it just seemed sensible to have uh, a women's team alongside that so me and uh, my friend Lisa Wilson who is um, really a great player, great friend and active within the AFL community in Europe. We actually sat in a pub and basically said, right, how are we going to make this happen? Um, And we pulled together a really great team of coaches um, and a sort of structure that we could go by. Uh, We we chose the name. I think we did a poll. Uh, we, I really wanted to be called the GB Bobcats at one point, but I'm actually really glad we didn't go with that. Um, so we decided to go for something a bit more uh, AFL traditional and, and we chose the Swans. Uh, so we managed to get a, a sort of GB team set up and trials and kit and everything and uh, competed at EC was our first tournament, EC 2016. And then uh, eventually, obviously, put a team in for the World Cup in uh, our first World Cup in 2017. Yeah, nice. Um, so you mentioned about getting the kit and everything like that. So in 2017 International Cup, you were actually the kit manager, if my <laughs> research is correct. Um, so what, what did that role entail and like, what did you have to do for that? So I've been kit manager on a couple of different um, for a couple of different teams, mostly England and GB. Um, I just basically a lot of admin that involves asking people what size clothing they wear um, <laughs> and then making a, a design, which I'm, I, 
I'm upset now that you've shouted this out because I tend to keep the fact that I do the design very quiet because a lot of people come up to me and tell me accidentally that they, they don't like the kit. And then I have to pretend that I didn't do the kit <laughs> and it was nothing to do with me. Um, but, but yeah, so a lot of, um, a lot of liaising with, I guess, partners. We, we normally partner with, um, we've got a partnership with O'Neill's now, so we go with them. Um, but sort of getting those relationships with the kit manufacturers, um, design, logo. We, we combined the logos of the Swans and the Bulldogs for the first time, which was really great um, to show the unity between the two teams. Um, yeah, so my secret's out now <laughs> that I've done the kit design. <laughs> So two things on that. The first one is um, I've been, uh, was apparel manager for our club for a couple of years and Rifty helped me out last year with it. And it's an absolute pain in the ass trying to find out people's sizes and try and case them up for stuff. They're yeah. like, yeah, you ask them, do you want to get this? Yep, I'll get a warm up top. All right, what size are you? Oh, have you got a sample? No, where can I get measurements? And then three weeks later, they just go with, oh, I don't know. And the other thing is I'm a big stick. I, I enjoy nice a nicely designed jumper and I actually quite do do rate the GB Swans jumpers so the people that sit there and tell you that they are the design's no good they're just people that you can't keep happy at all so um <laughs> I best, like my you know, I, part, or is that sorry oh no, I was gonna say the best part is when they ask you what size you think they are <laughs> yes. well I don't know what, what, size you, what, what size you think I'm gonna be well I don't know <laughs> you get that and then you sort of sit there and you try and be like oh well you're probably about the same size as this person but then you don't want to offend them and then be like, well, hold on a minute. I'm not that big or, you know, you don't want to offend anybody. So I, d- I know how you feel. And we have, you know, you just can't keep people happy. We have one bloke at the club and I don't give a shit if he listens to this or not, but uh, he's had no issue with the jumpers. All of a sudden his jumper gets ripped and they're the worst quality jumpers he's had in his life. <laughs> That's right. That's so right. You, you just we can can't win. Try. We can only try. Yeah. Can't keep everyone happy. And we decided, well, <laughs> if we can't keep everyone happy we're just going to keep ourselves happy so stuff the rest we'll just do what we want to do and um that's how you got to take it i reckon if you like Great. the design <laughs> stuff them but, uh, <laughs> how was the sort of boom in women's footy worldwide um and especially over in europe uh helped the standard of competition over there so do you want to take this one um, I haven't been playing for too long, to be honest. So I don't know. If, I don't know if you'd be better answering that one, Charlie. <laughs> um, look, we've seen a massive growth in the UK. Um, predominantly within the London League now, we have two different divisions um, within the um, the women's, which is fantastic. Um, and also, the university's team has. Um, Universities League has grown with Birmingham University now fielding two teams sometimes, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, I think the main thing is that with with Australia leading on this and with the support in Australia that's absolutely clear for the women's, it's just been great for us to have a bit of a benchmark um, to show us what's what's kind of feasible and what's what's possible really. Um, especially now being able to see the videos and, um, you know, the, the links that we've got uh, of the matches in Australia, um, the recordings, it's it's great to actually be able to see the tangible performance and the evidence of what they're doing. And yeah, I think that's kind of the biggest thing that's impacted our performance, just giving us that goal. Um, 
yeah and within Europe obviously the, the teams are getting stronger and stronger um, teams that originally could only field nines so we'd only play nines against them are now fielding 18s which then really strengthens everyone's 18 aside play um, yeah so it's been brilliant really yeah I think um, there's been you know AFLW is, is pretty young into its uh, its life and I think uh, there's been women playing football around the world. And I think uh, America actually probably leads the way with the the uh, women's game. They've they've had quite a quite a decent uh, number of women playing football over there for quite quite some time, and even before AFLW really took over here. So um, it's been amazing to see uh, for us learning how much football there is getting played worldwide and especially that there's so many women getting involved and it's great to see that now you've you've got that sort of professional role models there to to aspire and um, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of women coming through the ranks now over in England and Ireland and stuff trying to get over to the AFLW which would be fantastic and I know there's some that have already made it over already. Yeah, it's been really good to see. So, obviously, with uh, the GB Swans being made up of a couple of countries, how does the selection process work for you girls? Um, so, obviously, we try to meet as often as possible um, to play together um, as a group. Um, but my coach, um, so uh, Ian Mitchell, has really good links with the team coaches and managers of Scotland um, and Wales as well um, and and England too so he's able to kind of get a good idea of who's available for selection across all three countries Um, because the London League is so strong a lot of the time um, Scotland or the Scottish girls will will come down um, and play at the weekend so in London for some of the London teams so it does give them that added exposure and I know some of the Welsh girls also come across and play for Wimbledon Hawks, which again gives them that exposure too. So um, in terms of exposure, people do get seen um, and there is a lot of communication between the coaches. Um, and when we do decide to meet together, we try to rotate the locations a little bit so that it's kind of fair and different. Um, it's not always the same people traveling. Yeah, that makes sense to be uh, spreading the training across. So normally we'll ask, you know, whereabouts do you train and play? But obviously being a team made up of a couple of countries, it's a little bit harder than just one exact location. But uh, we were speaking to uh, Will, the president of AFL England, not too long ago. And he mentioned that you ladies have a pretty serious Strava group going on at the moment. Yeah, we do. He <laughs> <laughs> was saying that uh, you, you ladies are quite motivated. <laughs> We are really motivated. Yeah, we've we've got we've got um, a couple of, of ladies in our team. One who's an S and C coach, and one who um, has done a lot of running in her time, um, a lot of run coaching. Um, and they've they've both been setting us um, programs for the last four to six weeks, um, which is a mixture of yeah S and C work and um, run training. So a lot of interval training. Um, we work um, really hard on our 2K time. That's kind of like our, um, it's like the main thing that everyone is, is, is working on that we use to kind of benchmark ourselves, I guess. 
Um, and so, um, yeah, Strava is, is, is a good way of, of everyone getting involved and, and seeing how much running everyone's doing. Um, and it can get a bit competitive, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, Will was uh, talking very highly about what you ladies were doing. And he was saying that uh, he was... He was fortunate, but he was also unfortunate. He got booted from the group. He was fortunate because um, he was sick of being embarrassed by the uh, times that you ladies were putting in compared to that he would have. But um, yeah, he was. A bit... <laughs> what are you? What are your two k times looking like at the moment? Well, I'm. Oh, what? Are you, what? Are you, what's yours, Charlie? I'm not <laughs> going to share. I'm absolutely not going to share. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sadly injured at the moment, so I'm off running. Um, it makes you feel better. My two k would be about oh, fifteen minutes. <laughs> no, nah, not that much anymore. But yeah, a good bust my it's been bust really my good. Ass. <laughs> it's been really good with Kate's plan actually, because she's been tailoring it to different people and allowing us to um sort of see that progress so i've i've definitely seen progress since starting um kate's plan um yeah i've really yeah i've really benefited from it and i actually probably wouldn't have done it had it not been for lockdown so um yeah it's been great to train differently and to work on different things yeah because that was from what we sort of took from our conversation we were that was sort of replacement for your training for the international cup due to the fact that you got you ladies wouldn't be able to train due to COVID lockdown, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it was really uncertain at the start, you know, as we all know about how long lockdown was going to last and what it would kind of be like and feel like and um, all the emotions that have kind of come with it. And I think for the first three weeks, there wasn't really anything set in stone. And then as time went on and we realised that this, you know, wasn't, wasn't going to be a quick turnaround back to training, we we all wanted something a bit more concrete. Um, we put together a series of Zoom calls actually, which have been brilliant. So every Saturday we um, do a Zoom call at 9am and um, that allows some of the girls from abroad to join as well. So we have a couple of girls in Australia who also join on their uh, Friday, or would it be, I guess, Saturday night? Friday night? Oh, I can't work out the time difference. But uh, they join too. And... Um, yeah, it's it's great, and we have a different um, a different topic each week that we'll talk through. So it might be strategy, um, it might be something to do with um, you know the midfield. Sue's actually ran a really good session last week, which was uh, we all watched a quarter of a AFLW game, and then we just talked about it. So it just gives us that interaction with each other that we're we're not getting, um, and yeah, that's been that's been really successful. Yeah, it's good. Two things off that. We uh, started the Strava group not too long into the lockdown and it, it dropped away pretty quickly. I don't think anybody, maybe two, three players actually joined it. And the other thing is it sounds like your Zoom calls go better than ours. We um, tried to have a Zoom meeting uh, before we went back to training a while ago and it was one of the most painful Zoom meetings I've ever been involved in in my life. It was just people, it's got to the point where I actually had to mute every single person in the call because people just decided that they, they didn't know how Zoom worked or they just wanted to keep talking over people. And it was just to the point where you're sitting there talking and because on a phone, you can only see four people on a screen with more than four people. People were just chiming and go, I can't see this. I can't see this person. Why can't I see him? And it was just, yeah, it sounds like you ladies have a lot you know, better handle on it than we do down at Sandown. That's for sure. 
<laughs> I think we're quite civilized. Everyone seems to know how Zoom works. And um, uh, the, when we realized we could also have Zoom chat on the side going, I think people still felt that they could, you know, contribute without being the one, the one in the green box on the on the camera. So uh, yeah, the, the Zoom chat's been pretty good too. Yeah, that's it. You said that you use it. You're all quite civilized, and unfortunately, most of our team is is the complete opposite, not very civilized at all. So, um, but it's we, we've got a we've got a bloke that can't even change his own life. <laughs> Poor him, just in the dark during lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, well, him. We try. We did our 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 interview with him, and we spent ten minutes getting into the right light. So, and then he was his cheeks were a bit puffy. So. I knew you ladies panicked a little bit when we said this is a, a video chat and we are putting out the video, but trust me, the bear trap, I'm going to say his nickname, but when, when we were on the call to him, he wanted to spend 15 minutes getting himself ready. And it was... But mind you, we actually had to go back and re-record that because he was, we couldn't work out why the light wasn't getting any better. And it was about two hours after we finished recording that he realized his dimmers were turned down. Yeah. <laughs> Why are these lights? Yeah. Not, they're not working very good. Yeah, he said to his next time he's seen him, he was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, the dimmers were down." It's like you're an idiot, mate. <laughs> I worry. I'm concerned. Yeah, well, I would be too. And he's we, we one of the more civilized members of our club, so you can only imagine what some of the others are like. <laughs> but uh, when was the first yeah. tournament that the Swans uh, played in, and how did they go? So the Swans first tournament, we had two um, two kind of day tournaments, which we which we did as a warm up for the EC, um, and they were the Champions League in Amsterdam and the London League. Uh, it's called the AFL London Preseason Cup, um, and it's a selection of all the London teams. So we played in both of those, and we won both, I think. Um, so yeah, really good start um that we had there and then that was in preparation for the ec which was our first international uh matches and debut and we played uh the crusaders and ireland and we won at that tournament as well so but it was very close between us and ireland i think there was only one point in it on a very rainy windy wet autumn day in england so uh so yeah a close call but but we did win very nice. Uh, the Irish girls, um, from all reports, uh, we've got some quite talented players running around for them. So it would have been uh, good to get the win over them. Mm. Um, yeah, it was good. The, the, Irish, the Irish are really tough competition. Um, they always have been and, and continue to be. So, uh, yeah, it's always a good face-off when we, when we meet them. Yep, yeah, so I've just... I've seen Rifty just write something to me. I'm really confused about it. So now I'm with him now. Um, so how how were the GB Swans looking uh, going into the 2020 International Cup before it was unfortunately postponed? Um, it's it's a tough one because now I think we've got obviously the benefit of hindsight and now knowing that we're going to perform next year. And a lot of us have been very positive about that. Uh, I think that we we will benefit from the fact that it's a year uh, a year further on. So we've had quite a large turnaround of players in the last 
um, maybe year, two years. So when we played our last European Cup, it was a very uh, young and inexperienced team in terms of playing together. And um, looking looking towards the um, what would have been uh, IC 2020, I think we we were having a few issues with people with injuries um, who weren't able to be selected. So I'm now quite happy that obviously with it postponed a year, um, those people will now be able to play um, and hopefully will benefit from their experience um, as well as the team as a whole being a little bit more experienced and, and comfortable with each other. So yeah, I think overall it's, it's actually been um, pretty positive for us. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Susie. I was going to say, I totally agree. I think we had a bit, bit of a tough, tough tournament at EC at the end of last year. Um, I think it, it hit morale a bit for us. Um, but actually, having lockdown and having all of the, the Zoom calls weekly has really brought us together as a team um, a lot more so than we were um, back at EC. Um, so I think... Um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really good for us and it, like, you know, bring us together. And um, it's hard when, when, as you say, like GB is made up of multiple countries. So you don't often get to see the people that you play with, especially when you've got girls living in Australia, Malaysia, Singapore as well. Um, but now I think we're much more, much more um, tight knit group and we're only going to get stronger because um, we've got a whole year to go. So we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, we've good. genuinely worked on it you know we've genuinely worked on that cohesion and it's been a real focus for us um and especially for me um you know as the captain as well it's been something that's been really important to me to bring everyone together um create a really safe space for people that there's not there's not those two or three four or five people who always talk that you know everyone feels that they can contribute um and yeah we've done loads of things to try we've even done like a social quiz um where my favorite round by far was the baby picture round fantastic fun everyone submitted a baby picture <laughs> and we what it was um so yeah we've been just kind of getting to know each other and, and trying to do it in like a really fun way and um making sure that lockdown doesn't um isn't a barrier for that yeah i think the zoom calls would actually this as weird as it's going to sound that this COVID lockdown period and your Zoom calls actually probably going to make a team like the GB Swans a lot stronger and a lot tighter than you say, yeah, maybe uh, uh, New Zealand's, for example, that is, you know, they would see each other on a regular basis as it is, where with the GB Swans, because you're made up of the three different countries and you see you don't get to see them, you might see them once every couple of months or whatever. So I think that this will make it a bit tighter for you, you ladies and make, uh, make it stronger moving ahead. But, um, so you're also both English. So you also represent the Vixens. Is that the English team, national team? That's right. Yes, I'm doing well here. Yep. Um, <laughs> so how many times have you ladies represented uh, England? So I have represented England five I've represented England five times. Um, and then Suze, you're a newer player, but you've represented a couple of times, haven't you? Uh, just once, um, just last year at EuroCup in Stockholm. And I was actually out injured that year. So between us, we cover all of the times that the Vixens have ever played. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's well, yeah, I like it. 
And it's um, following up from your initiatives with getting the girls on the Zoom and, and creating that camaraderie and stuff off the field is it's an important part of having a good successful team is having that good camaraderie and um, also with the Strava group, uh, you know, hopefully the girls all come out of uh, lockdown a lot fitter than our boys turned up to our first session back after being uh, in lockdown for a couple of months because what was it rifty we were working at jumpers and not five blokes made a bigger jumpers yeah yep. so, yeah <laughs> but, uh, it's not good when uh yeah you get it especially when it's a, a couple jumper sizes jump um that's not it's not a good sign but by the sounds of it you girls will you'll be uh fitter and better for it uh after it's all uh said and done and if you ever want a guest to jump on and you know, give you some Aussie insight into the game. We've got some game footage we could run you through some of our plays and share some insights if you want. We, we, we can show you how not to get a falcon to the face. Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, <laughs> break down Love some, that. some key stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly where you're going with this, Riff. You're trying to go, you know, how to take a set shot and have a shot and go, aren't you, mate? No, nah, mate, not at all. You, you're one guy you kicked in your career, mate. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Never let go. <laughs> oh, we take any tips. All good. I've been easy on you the last few interviews, man. Now you're getting stuck. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, just tell the girls how many goals you kicked last year before you got injured. And... Oh, I don't need to do that, mate. I, I was. Come on. I was feeling good. No, I only <laughs> played. I was, I was going to say you've actually taken this uh, not playing this year a lot better than I have. Well, actually, a lot of people have. So I actually missed all of last. I played a game and a half last season, and then I was injured for the rest of the year, ruptured my Achilles. So I was looking oh, no. forward to getting back to playing footy this year. And then when the call comes through or the email comes through Friday telling us that the season's cancelled, I was not very happy about it. So because I'm only three games off my life membership as well. So now I've got to wait another to be two full years not playing. But he wants me to say I kicked in a game and a half last year, I kicked... 13 goals in six quarters and before I ruptured my Achilles. So, Wow, that's very impressive. Yeah, I, was very had, good. I had seven goals yeah. by three-quarter time, or by halfway through the third quarter in this game. And then my Achilles decided it had enough. And I was, I was looking good. Um, and yeah, so I was probably in the fittest I'd been for quite some time and feeling good. And so, yeah, it's... It's always when it happens. Yeah. Well, that's it's always it. always the so, way. Six quarters, I kicked 12 more goals than Rifty has in his career. So, <laughs> it's the life of the utility, I don't get close enough to the goals, but nah, got to work harder for mine. Four or five, haven't you, mate? Yeah, seven. Who's counting? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how hard is it for the, the to get sponsors for the team to help you with the cost of traveling to these tournaments and things? Um, relatively hard uh quite difficult um do you have a really good team that obviously um talk to a lot of contacts that we have and um a lot of the sponsors are you know friends and friends of the team so um we we do okay um enough to kind of get by and obviously the bigger tournaments like um the the uh, World Cups, we do need a bit of additional support. We were very lucky last time. We had a very um, generous parent of one of the players um, who who really contributed 
um, a lot for the kit. Um, so, so that we were very lucky with that. But we do the normal things, we do the sponsorship raffles and uh, a bit of fundraising here and there. So um, we, we try, we try to get by. It's not always the easiest when, when things aren't televised. And um, we, try, we try to do some Instagram promotion where we can too for, for our sponsors. And what about the sort of social side of the club? Do you um, do any functions or anything like that as a, as a group? Yeah, so um, again, it is really difficult when we see each other because normally everyone's come from so far and it's not always, um, yeah, people want to kind of get back to where, um, to where they've come from if they've travelled a long way. But um, something that we're planning uh, next year is to do um, a training camp so a kind of uh, stay over, camp out, and um, obviously drills and sessions both days, which would be brilliant. Uh, we also have club tradition of the coat hanger, which um, is something that we always do after training or um, uh, particularly in tournaments uh, at the end of the day. So it's kind of like um, the dick of the day or someone who's done something silly uh, in the day. We, we all meet and uh, all, all, the, all the funny stories are, are said in a group and then there's a vote and that person has to keep the coat hanger on them at all times, um, uh, except when they're on the pitch. They're allowed to not have it when they're on the pitch. But other than that, you've got to have it on you. So that's quite fun. Sounds good. If you do right. have that pre-season camp, just make sure you avoid doing any obstacle courses. <laughs> Why we'll, is that? Uh, we'll share a video with you afterwards to uh, explain it's, that. There was three things. <laughs> there was three things from her answer. I'm like, first one was that I've mentioned: stay away from obstacle courses. The second thing was we've just got off the phone, uh, off the off a call with um Munich, and they had an end of season award called the, the was it the Kofax? The Kofax. Oh. Which was um, what was that? Was it King? King of all fuckheads. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that, was, that was so that was one of their awards. So I'm like, that sort of sounds a bit similar to that. And then about the coat hanger, I reckon that could be something the boys could do on footy trip is just make sure that someone has to have the coat hanger on them at all times. Yeah. Well, yeah. We have, we we have to treat it Oh yeah. So we have got the toad. Yep. Sorry, that's true. But we do something similar for footy trip. We have, uh, it's called the toad. And so whoever is the toad has to wear a stupid, it was a pink hat last year. So you no, had to no, wear the pink. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it was. It was a red hat for the toad. And so whoever's wearing the toad hat can then try and get somebody else to be the toad by jumping on the ground like a, a toad. And the last person to get down and jump like a toad is the toad for the next however long. So amazing it's uh just a bit of fun i've never heard of that one that's quite that's quite creative yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's about the only thing i can share from footy trip with you um, <laughs> all right so now into a bit of your playing stuff so whereabouts do you ladies play what position i'm shy so i play in the center um sometimes sometimes on the wing but mostly mostly in the center um i'm also in the mid um but more of a rover uh, so that's why you two are so into the strava group as a full forward i'd be looking at your strava group going no nah, don't need it <laughs> Not <for you. laughs> it's funny when when 
um, Susan and I are playing for our league teams, sometimes we have to uh, match up against each other, which I absolutely hate, but um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes. The feeling's mutual, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> It's, a, it's something a little bit different. Like we over here, we obviously don't get to represent our country at all in, in any tournaments or anything like that. And so we only ever play against uh, you know the same oppositions uh, year after year. So we don't very rarely do we ever play alongside somebody that we've been playing with all this time. So it would be something a little bit different to have to play against girls that you're then going to, you know, hopefully line up next to uh, in a in a decent tournament you don't you wouldn't want to be going too hard and ex, you know accidentally injure uh, somebody you want fighting in the midfield alongside you in an international cup that's for sure yeah that's right you have to be careful i did once stand on you Susie. that was terrible i felt so bad about that <laughs> I, I can't Do even you remember, remember that? That. <laughs> <laughs> you're forgiven you're forgiven <laughs> That's what she says now, but next time you play against each other, you better watch out. <laughs> um, so did you uh do you choose your own numbers when what numbers do you wear? Being that you you organise a kid, I'm sure you get first preference. <laughs> yeah, um I tried. Someone did I, I'm number ten and someone did try to take it from me. Um which yeah, that didn't happen, but I, I'm number ten. And I'm number 14. I don't know why, just always have been. That's not a bad number, I guess. Um, but that, yeah. on, you've completely looked over the fact that that's one of the reasons I had on the kit for so long as well, was that I wanted my number and no one else getting it. <laughs> what yeah. number are you? Uh, number 42. Oh, that's quite specific. <laughs> yeah. It, it certainly is. That's what I've worn for pretty much my entire footy life out uh, since I was about 13. So there's a couple of years where I wore a different number just because I couldn't get it when I first started at the club, but no, number 42. So it's, um, I'm lucky that it's not a number that many people you know, want. So yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine yeah. they do. <laughs> but in saying that when I did come down to the club, uh, the bloke that got me down was actually the captain at the, the senior captain at the time and he wore number 42. So I actually couldn't even come into the club going, all right, I want 42, which is such a high number because the bloody captain wore it. Yeah, wait, what are the chances of that? Pardon? Do you have to wait for him to leave? Yeah, I literally um, waited for him to leave. And then as soon as I found out that uh, he wasn't coming back, I went up to the president at the time. I got, give me your number 42. And then they ordered it for me and they ordered the jumper size one too small. So it didn't fit me. So I had to wear the uh, number I was wearing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So, and then that's how bad he wanted that number he didn't even bother to try and convince the bloke to stay or he's like oh he's leaving okay see you later i'll get number 42 now yeah and he's already kicked him out did you yeah that's what he gets with the club he shouldn't have worn my number for so long <laughs> didn't have like a mysterious injury did he nah uh, yeah maybe nah <laughs> i don't know what he was nah he went he went oh, he went, went and followed his son that's right yeah, yeah. Um, well, we already sort of found out off camera who Susie goes for in the AFL because she was cheering on the, the cats as they were sealing the win. Um, but what about you, Charlie? Who do you follow in that AFL? 
so I follow the Crows, the Adelaide Crows, um, mostly because I, I lived in Adelaide for a year and uh, I actually have a couple of friends who play for the Crows. So um, it's nice when I when I watch them play to be able to see to sort of see them on screen and follow them. I'll give them a shout out, your friends. Yeah, so uh, Sophie Lee, um, she's a friend from my very first season in Australia in 2014. Um, amazing player, lovely girl as well. She's paramedic, such a superstar. Um, Anne Hatchard, which is who she's done so well this year. Um, she's just got a few titles as well this year, so um, she's been great. Uh, Courtney Gum actually doesn't play for the... Um, Adelaide Crows but um yeah she's she's a legend too so um yeah those would be my my shout outs nice and uh I can understand why she picked Adelaide Crows with Erin Phillips being one of the the best women to play the game but and forget about the men's team because I reckon Erin Phillips could probably slot straight into the men's team right now and kick a few of those guys out because they're bloody going hopeless at the moment yeah, amazing. <coughs> I just thought when you were going to say you've got a choice of Adelaide or Port Adelaide, it's pretty much Adelaide. It's not really you get a choice of two teams in the city you're living in. Why would you want to go for Port Adelaide? So, but um, <laughs> so who's your favourite player of all time? So, Mine. Yeah, go on, Suze. You'll be way better at this. <laughs> Well, I guess, I mean, because I've only really been following Philly for like a couple of years, it, she's, a, she's a current player rather than like a best player of all time. But I absolutely love watching um, Maddie Pasparkis for Carlton. She's like, she's like what I want to be, basically. <laughs> she's, such, she's such a dogged player. Like, she's got so much grit. Um, her running and her tackling is just relentless. She's like all in at the contest, always. Um, I, I think she's great. I try and watch her a lot and, and learn from her. Um, yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, I'd probably, that's a good pick, actually. A really good pick. Um, again, I am, I am too uh, preoccupied sometimes watching my friends on the screen play to, uh, to pick out any other best players. I'm way too biased, so I'd probably just say the same names that I'd already uh, said and I think it's, it's interesting, like, I always have such a strong relationship with, you know, the girls that I have on my team that my, my best player of all time would probably be someone like Laura Turner-Ramadan or Rania Turner-Ramadan, who are ex-GB um, Swans. Um, so I don't know if that's allowed, but they would probably be my, my pick. No, that's all right. We, we appreciate that. And uh, Maddie Prisparkas is... I go ahead, Rifty. I was just going to say, Maddie Prosparkis is one uh, unbelievable player to win best first year player in her first year, and then uh, she was the co best and fairest or you know, the female equivalent to the Brownlow in her second year. So that's quite quite an unbelievable start to her uh, her professional football career. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, mate. I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah. No. Couldn't be that important there. <laughs> No, I think I was gonna. I think I was gonna meant ask if she was the one that won the league best the first this year. I think that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, she uh, had yeah, an exceptional sure. year, well, exceptional two years. So, um, yeah, she's, and she just happens to play for the Blues, mate. So you know, 
That's why I'm across it. I'm a blue man, so. Uh, I know. <laughs> um, all right. Now it's time for our favourite part where we get you to throw some teammates under the bus. And being that you uh, you play for the Swans, the Vixens and your other teams, feel free to throw anyone from any of those teams under the bus. We, we, the more the merrier, I'd say. I was going to uh, say, give us one from every all. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's the first one you got, Ethel? All right. So... Who at the GB Swans would you say is the class clown? I think that's an easy one. I think yeah. we both agree. Charlie, I think it's it's Vicky Jones is the class clown. <laughs> uh she's just uh how do I how do I describe her? She's just she's always keeping spirits high, she's always the joker. Um She's just, she's just hilarious, but she's great. She organises us on nights out. Like, she's just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Uh, how about the party animal? This one was hard. Um, there's quite a few. And after our, after our um, uh, tournament, the EC, there was a couple of girls who, honestly, I think we got to the club and within within 15 to 20 minutes, a couple of people had to actually go home because they were too sick to, to stay. <laughs> um, but I've held girls up on the dance floor. I held Lottie, uh, Lottie up on the dance floor uh, a few times because she couldn't stand. Um, I'm actually gonna say Laura and Rania Turner Ramadan, who are our um, previous captain and vice captain who are married, um, they are, Two of the most focused people on the pitch, but honestly, on a night out, they are, they're crazy. They're amazing. The shapes that get thrown. So they're leaders on the field and they're leaders uh, on the dance floor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that might be the answer for the next one. Who's the person that takes the game far too seriously? So we thought got someone. Oh, really? <laughs> No, what did you think, we, Charlie? No, we was we we thought someone different from Laura. We we thought Kino, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought Kino. So her her nickname is actually Kino because she is so keen. Um, so she lends herself perfectly to to this question. <laughs> oh, we may as well get that your next one then. Uh, so uh, who's got the best nickname? So. Kino, Kino just that sticks all the time. Like I wouldn't call her by her first name at all. Um, we also have a girl called Speedo, um, which is to do with the fact that when she arrived for her first uh, training session, she didn't have any shorts and had to wear Speedos. Um, <laughs> so she's called Speedo. Um, and then we have uh, someone called CrossFit as well. CrossFit. Because they do CrossFit. <laughs> Speedo's I think Speedo's the best. Speedo, yeah. Speedo's the winner. We, we had a... Uh, I think it was, it was trying to stick for a while at our club, but it didn't, didn't stick. It was a bloke nicknamed Speedo as well at one point in time. Yeah. Yeah, Boof. Oh. Yeah. Were you there that night? No, it wasn't Speedo. No, it, it turned into something else. But originally, it was... No, no, it was Thorpedo. 
I was trying to get him to speed up at one point. Nah, it rhymes. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah. We we went we went out for a, a swim session as like a bit of a recovery session and Wolf, who's our, our big ruckman, he's you know He'd be six, what, six, four, four, six four six four six and he's six, probably five hundred and thirty kgs. Yeah, probably twenty five. Push so he's a fairly big man. And he jumps in the pool and starts bloody butterfly stroke, freestyle, he's swimming laps of it like and he's I don't know if you piece you're, of piss. You're across swimming, but Ian Thorpe, who's uh, our most uh, successful Olympian, so I yeah. said uh, he's like bloody Thorpedo, and so that's where <laughs> it came, Thorpedo. Uh, so, and then it's just turned into Pedo now. So, yeah, it was a, a very strange moment to see him doing this. Everyone's just sort of standing there, going, "Okay, what's going on here? This is this is strange." <laughs> and it turned out he was actually a gun swimmer that. Uh, Back in his younger days, so yeah. Shout out to Buff. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So you you girls do have to travel a fair bit for the tournaments and stuff. But who's the one person you wouldn't want to have to be stuck in a room with? I didn't have an answer for this one, Charlie. Did you? No. <laughs> um. So difficult. Uh, there isn't, there isn't anyone on the team who's like desperately annoying or anything like that. Um, uh, no bad hygiene or anything. No. no stories. <laughs> oh, not that I know of. Uh, so I, know. I, you know, so Lucy Kilheny is so funny and she is like the most serial womanizer. She will chat anyone up. And the reason I feel like I can say her is because I actually did room with her for three weeks um, uh, during the last World Cup. And she was she was so funny. Um, but I feel like some people wouldn't want to room with her. But I did. And she was brilliant. So I definitely uh, I definitely throw in a good word for Lucy, even though she is uh, she's a bit of a terror. Just with that, actually, something I've, as you've answered that question, I realize I'm actually a pretty good question. When you guys do come across the International Cup, how long is your stay in Australia for? Um, typically, I think it was I think it was three weeks. Um, it was definitely two. The actual tournament was definitely two, but then there might have been a couple of days either side. Um, so I think it was about about two and a half weeks. And I went out early, so I went out. Um, uh, about a month and a half early, so very early, um, and uh, played played the season, some of the season out there with my previous team, and then and then joined in Melbourne. But yeah, the actual tournament's about two weeks plus or minus a few days plus a few days. Yeah. Well, you've got to climatize to the Australian weather, so you know. Of course, I have to. Reason. Yeah, you <laughs> get that extra that advantage over the other teams. All um, about that advantage, for sure. For the if you do come across for the twenty twenty one when it goes ahead, you'll have to come down to Melbourne for a couple of weeks, and hopefully we'll have our women's team running around by then. Uh, we're working on it as we speak, so hopefully we'll have recruited enough women to our club to have a team to that you'd be able to, you girls can both come and have a kick with before you get ready to go take on the world in the international cup. Oh, oh yeah, love to. Yeah, good news. We're getting our women's team together. Yeah, it's, it's been something that we've um, 
we've had the idea in our heads for a couple of years now that we want to get it done, but due to the club sort of not being in the greatest spot, it's sort of been uh, more focused on trying to get the doors open with two senior senior teams. We're actually only down to one men's team at the moment, but um, so it's always been our goal. And with uh, COVID, we've sort of just gone, all right, let's just we actually wanted to get it started this year, but with COVID slowly creeping in, we had to put it on hold. And now we're you know, all guns blazing, trying to get it going for next year. So, yeah, um, it sounds pretty good. But he said, uh, about coming down to Melbourne, we're actually going to try and get ourselves up to the International Cup next season, the next year when it goes ahead. So we are, hopefully we get up there and we can, once after you guys come down to Sandown, we'll then meet you ladies back up on the Sunshine Coast and catch up with you again up there. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah, definitely come up. Hopefully I with you. Hopefully they're Sorry looking going, Victorians Kai. up to Queensland by then and we'll be right. It's such a good two weeks. It honestly is like the best. It's, it's a really, really fun. Um, the spirit of the tournament is great. So, yeah, it'd be fantastic to see you there. Yeah, we were, With we your TV actually... flags, of course. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too sure we can pledge allegiances to any one country because <laughs> we're, we're speaking to many countries around the world. So, uh, we're well, we'll have a try. We're keen to see all of them. Whichever country wants to buy me the most beers, I'll, you know, I'm sure that's the team I can support. <laughs> he's, he's easily bought off, that's for yeah. sure. We'll start that. fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but thanks heaps for joining us. Um, we do appreciate you getting on uh, on your Saturday morning. Um, shame Ian can, couldn't join us, but uh, thank him for helping organise this. And we wish you all the best with everything going forward. Hopefully you get some footy later on this year and you're able to get the girls together and play some, uh, or at least train together before the International Cup next year. And uh, yeah, best of luck with all of that. Great. Thank Thanks you so very much for having us. <clears throat> Lovely to chat. Yeah, it's been good to chat, guys. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP. Now playing podcast.